0: Most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your why for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your why for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your why to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up. For this moment right here, today, are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action, just be better, just be more, be more today.
1: Now for Staying Healthy, sponsored by Jag One Physical Therapy. Here's Jag One President and CEO, John Galucci Jr. It's National Athletic Training Month. We're so excited to support our athletic trainers. I've been a practicing athletic trainer for 31 years in the tri-state area, and I'm proud to support my colleagues each and every day. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, our athletic trainers are out on the fields, the court, the ice, protecting our children, protecting our athletes. Jag One Physical Therapy Athletic Training Services can be found. At Jag1PT.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com to keep our athletes safe and healthy. Certified athletic trainers are always ready to help when you or your child gets injured. Jag One Physical Therapy is the leader for rehabilitative care in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. They'll help you get back to the life you love. To find a location near you or learn more about their physical therapy and athletic training services, visit Jag1PT.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com.
0: What's going on, folks? you are again, Dr. Sean Thomas back in the building with another episode of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And folks, we are in the month of March. Happy March to each and every last one of you. It's my favorite time of the month. My daughter's birthday's in March, my birthday's in March. So March babies, I love you guys so much. You already know. <laughs> but it's also Athletic Training Appreciation Month. And it's a month where we're going to focus on a lot of our ATCs, In our company, One Physical Therapy, because you need to know so many things about what they're doing for our communities, for our people, and for our world. It's going to be a great month there with some intense, amazing speakers. And our first one today is going to be introduced in one second. Before I get into that, as you already know, Be More Today is that thing. It's a movement. We've been doing this thing for the last four years now on this podcast. And I thank you for your love and support. You have helped us to grow so much in the last four years. 73 countries, 38,000 downloads. I mean, just the growth of it has been overwhelming for me, right? From our book to our swag store, our Facebook group, where you can join us and just get motivation for everyday things, from fitness to health and wealth. And again, our Project 40, which we actually ended last month, we did 40 days of fitness for our community, and there were so many people whose lives were changed as a result of that. So thank you for your support. It does not ever go unnoticed. My quote for today is simple as always. Forget about willpower. It's time for why power. You've got to want something and know why you want it or you'll end up giving up too easily. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but when I think about athletic trainers and I think about fitness and movement and sports, every athlete wants to go out there and win right it's something that we want to do we don't just play to play some people do that but most of us who are going out there to play in competition whether it's college or or what have you they're going out there to win and i heard someone say the difference between someone who is trying to play a game uh, or good players and great players good players want to go out there and they play and great players they play too but they don't get tired if they do get tired they push through those things because their why to win is just greater and it's true, I think about my life, things that I've done and the accolades that I have uh, gained in my in my short lifespan, but most of those things came, those those winnings, those, those overcomings, right? They came because my why was greater because I wanted that thing so badly. Whether it was running the marathon under four hours or uh, doing Spartan races under a certain time, all those things could be done by anybody. But to be great at those things, to really push and move forward and to get that why for that win, it's about willpower, right? And it's about that why power. And if you don't know what your 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 why is, why are you doing certain things, why you get up in the morning, why you wake up at all and want to hit this thing every single day, this 24-7 that we have, then now is a good time for you to realize that it's time. It's time to put that willpower away and think about your why power, why you want to start things, why you want to go out there, why you want to push forward, taking that test, writing that book, getting that job. All these things are encompassed in your why. And I had to bring on someone today who knows a little bit about that why, (laughs) because the why factor is something that a lot of us talk about. But when it comes down to actually putting that into practice, uh, infusing that into the people that we work with. Inspiring your athletes and your patients, even your family and friends, to also have that why. I brought on someone today who embodies that and so much more. And in the spirit of Athletic Training Month, my guest for today is none other than my new friend, Ryan Stevens. Now, Ryan Stevens has been driven by his why to embrace challenge and growth opportunities, positioning himself to help others recognize, achieve, and celebrate. Their potential leading to collective growth of our profession. He showcases passion for optimism, passion and optimism as a specialty trained leader, a mentor, athletic trainer, and a human performance expert. Ryan currently serves as the senior director of athletic training at Jaguar Physical Therapy, where he uh, is the lead trainer, the lead ATC of a service line over 225 partners across New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And since completing his degree athletic training at Penn State University in 2003, he has led AT programs for two large hospital systems, provided care in professional college and secondary school sports, and various emerging settings, developed startup athletic training fitness sites, and delivered numerous engaging educational programs. Uniquely trained in interpersonal relationship development, public speaking, business strategies, leadership, and advanced communications and marketing, he attained his master's degree in humanistic and multicultural education through SUNY New Paltz, which I know very well. That's in my hometown. Now, during the pandemic, he did so many things, and Ryan served as a starting lead for two RWJ Barnabas health COVID-19 vaccine megasites, which played a huge role in delivering over 325,000 doses to central New Jersey communities. Outside of work, Ryan is a proud father of four. And is the founder of the catalyzing athletic trainers and the catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers so he's also a a podcaster just like me so folks i brought on to the stage today the man who has the master why ladies and gentlemen boys and girls pets included please welcome to the stage my new friend and the man who puts the AT in every word I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Ryan Stevens. Ryan, what is going on? Uh,
1: thank you, Sean. And it's always capitalized, right? <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. I've seen that. I see, I like uh, it though.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, first and foremost, thank you for, for doing what you do. And I always love uh coming, coming across other healthcare professionals and wellness professionals who not only deliver care to high quality, but do things at a higher level to make a bigger impact for, for those they serve or the communities. So thank you for what you're doing with the podcast. Thank you for doing the specialty stuff you're doing at JAG One uh, as, as a part of our team here. And uh, and you know, really thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to come on and have a conversation with you today about the world of AT that I love and am passionate about.
0: No problem, Ryan. I appreciate you. And we've had some ATs in, in the past, but we never really focused on what ATs do. So in the spirit of this month, we're celebrating you and and the work you do for our company, for our world. I wanted to kick off with you because you're doing great things in your community. And I wanted just to start off with a common question. What is athletic training?
1: The simplest way to put it in my mind is athletic trainers are healthcare professionals who collaborate with a multitude of other professionals to deliver Risk reduction, as well as injury care after it happens, to athletic populations across a broad spectrum of settings. And athletic trainers are trained, especially educated, not just in injury evaluation and, and rehabilitation, but also emergency response, emergency care, um, risk management, looking for safety hazards, looking for safety uh, concerns that might pop up and lead to problems down the road, whether it be individually with injury prevention programming or just process-wise emergency action plan and whatnot. So it's, it's something where athletic training is a unique field that I feel more than any other healthcare professional in the world has the opportunity to, to really be a catalyst to work with so many different other professionals around them for the sake of patient care. And it's growing significantly. Um, There is a misconception by many that athletic training is just simply fitness. Uh, It is not personal training. Uh, There is much love for the world of personal training. I have done fitness coaching for 16 years of my career, um, a lot of appreciation for it. But there is a vast difference between the two uh, when it comes to a, a medical allied health professional. Um, and a fitness professional. And just so some background is clear for the listeners, athletic trainers have to complete uh, a national board certification exam after completing an accredited program. Uh, It is now entry-level masters. And in addition to completing that program, in uh, most, uh, about 95% of states, there is licensure, uh, healthcare licensure for athletic trainers to attain. We have to maintain 50 hours of continuing education biannually, and those hours have to be specific in a number of domains that we have to be approved with. And it, it just—it's a profession where it's grown so much in the last decade. Um, I've been doing this for for 18, nearly 18 years now, and I'm just amazed at how much it's grown but the foundation of it is still the same. It's We're here to help others with our expertise when it comes to reducing the risk of injury. When the injury happens, knowing how to triage it, handling it appropriately in the acute stage, and then helping that person through the full spectrum of recovery to beyond their return to full activity, whether it be an athlete in a middle school, high school, college, professional sport. It could be a worker in a warehouse. It could be A recruit at the police academy. It's a broad spectrum of ways that ATs can serve.
0: That's incredible. And I'm glad you shared that and just clarified that for our listeners. I do think there is some or there are some misconceptions about what that really looks like. You know, we look at uh, even on TV, right? You see so many people on the sidelines for all these different games. And it's hard to sometimes tell, well, who's the PT and who's the ATC and who's the MD? And because everybody runs on the field at the same time sometimes. So Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to figure out what the 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 team looks like when you're talking about helping these athletes whether it's on the collegiate level or the professional level and what everyone's role is um can be challenging And i think you have a well i know you have a great sense of all those things and i'm curious you know looking at your role at jag one um which you and i both work with and for and we are growing uh daily when it comes to our impact on the community. I know you serve a very senior role here um, in terms of the ATCs that we work with and all the partners that we share. What's your major role now in in the company when it comes to the ATC realm for Jaguar physical therapy?
1: I, I look at myself in in two ways, in kind of uh Lay, layman's terms. Number one, I consider myself the AT hype man for this company. <laughs> so you know, passionate about advocating for our profession and for our athletic trainers who work for us and going to bat for them um, in all ways, shapes, and forms to make sure that they are valued and supported and, and and are a part of something that they enjoy being a part of and can have the resources they need to deliver. Um, and then the other part of it is, is, you know, I'm the bus driver. uh You know, when it comes to this service line, I. Um, for me, it's about having the people in the right seats. It's about having the right people on the bus and then making sure that the navigation and directions are set with a foundation of, of things behind the scenes so that the bus runs well, so that the people on the bus can get where they want to go. So, you know, it's it's very much uh, about leadership and empowerment of our team. We have a very large team uh, spread across three states. So that's a unique challenge that we've had to Uh, scale up and adapt and make more efficient our communication strategies, uh, our, our ways that we deliver information, and also scaling up the way that we deliver this service, because as you said, JAG1 is growing very quickly. And we want to make sure that as others come on board with this this team and as we do more that it's just a plug and play type situation, you know, where they can step in and have success while also still being autonomous and thrive the way they are qualified and able to do so. Um, I am not a micromanager. I am very much about finding ways to empower our team. You know, if I have to micromanage something, it's not going well and I don't want to do that. You know, my, my goal is really to, to help others make decisions and coach them up. And I love to to coach our our other um, athletic trainers just in work and life about how they can be successful because I've made a ton of mistakes in my career and my life and I, I want others to learn from that. Um, that's how I've grown. That's how I've gotten to where I am is because I've, I've seen those mistakes as opportunities and learning experiences so that I can then do better next time and and not have that same thing happen twice. So um that, that's what I see my role as, it's, it's very fun. I'm having more fun in this job than I've ever had in my life in any job because I'm 100% committed to AT and uh, really just to help advocating for our profession, helping to advocate for our company, for our athletic trainers, uh, and really just make sure that we are meeting the demands that are out there in the communities for AT care.
0: That's exciting, Ryan. And the one thing I took from that is that you like to empower. And and not micromanage. I I feel like sometimes in healthcare in general, there are hierarch- hierarchies in terms of how we run things, right? And every every healthcare facility, whether it's PT or MD or PAs, what have you, that same hierarchy is there in terms of how things are disseminated, information is disseminated, things are shared, how things process, et cetera. But I do think there is uh beauty in empowering people to get those things done. Once you teach them how to do a certain thing and do it themselves the same way we work with our patients and our clients right We want to micromanage their exercises or micromanage their form you want to teach them critique them cue them etc and then get into a place where they can do things on their own the right way. I feel like when it comes to team one of the things that I struggle with is that I like you am in this same look you know let's empower each other to be stronger to be better let's let's give people the resources and tools they need to, to do their job well so that I'm not gonna have to sit here and tell you what to do every two seconds because that's not learning. You learning is you making mistakes. You learning is going out there and trying things on your own, following and correcting, and then getting better on your own. But in healthcare, sometimes there's such a sense of the need, I think, to micromanage others because there's no trust that your staff, um, your patients, even whoever, will be able to do what you want them to do uh, when you want them those things to get done. And I think if more of us had that team perspective, that let's empower people perspective, I think we'd be just a better company, you know, whether you're talking about Jag One or other companies in general, because that's how we get strong. That's how you get better. If you can show someone how to do something on their own, they do it well, then that's growth and they can teach somebody else along the line. But if you're constantly just nitpicking at them, then there's not gonna be any growth there. And then it makes it harder for you and for them at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think to, to echo that a little deeper, Sean, to, to unpack that is, if you have the right system in place, and you have done your due diligence behind the scenes to make sure that processes are clean, that um, things are clear, that expectations are communicated, two-directional, diff- two me to them and them to me, you shouldn't have to micromanage. Because as long as expectations are being met, it's being demonstrated. And then when expectations aren't being met, I always look at what more could I do or what differently could I do so that I maybe I'm missing something because they're not getting it. Before I attack them or think that they are just not trying to do it, I'm looking at myself and saying, how can I better deliver this message? How can I make sure this message is cleaner? Was I clear with my expectations? And you know, I take ownership of that. Uh, we we really speak to the importance of owning your space on our team. And that's a, a message I give to athletic trainers across the country when I present as well. Just taking ownership of what you can control and being aware of your sphere of influence and being able to enhance that influence by just taking ownership of, of your own circle. And the stuff that you can't control, you have to acknowledge, but you have to let go. And the hope is that as you take more ownership and enhance your sphere of influence by building a team around you, by increasing the systems and their impact on things around you, that outside noise that you can't control is less of a factor. Nice. So um, taking ownership of that is is crucial. And I think if you're doing that, you don't have to delegate, you don't have to, you, you should delegate, you don't have to micromanage, uh, right. which is, which is crucial. And, and micromanaging also comes in situations where there's lack of trust. And you know it's important to trust the people you bring the right people on you have to have trust in them and believe in them yeah. and know that they're going to do things in the best interest for those that they're serving yeah. and then celebrate that when you see it happening that yeah. that's crucial too
0: yeah, I agree. The celebration is a crucial thing. And I think the trust is also a crucial thing. And, you know, as we've continued to grow in on over 100 and whatever offices now, I lose count because every week we continue to grow more and more. Mm-hmm. But we're serving over 225 partners across three states, at least on your end when it comes to the, the mm-hmm. training component. This why that you talk about, right, I, I think people who are, are motivated and self-motivated to do better and get better at their craft, at their job, that's what we talk about on the show all the time, right? Just being better at whatever you're doing, being more at whatever you're doing. That why to drive to be better is something that's very inherent for you and for me, right? As leaders in our professions. But I'm curious, Ryan, how you disseminate that why to your staff, right? You're talking about right. you have staff who are across three states, so many partners, so many employees. How do you get that why and that drive for that why to trickle down to all of the people who are working with you, under you, around you, so that they can also embody that same thing for their clients, for their athletes, for their community. How do you do that? Sean, I'm gonna grab something real quick.
1: So my bad for uh, not grabbing this before and having a quick access, but one of the very first things that I did when I came into this role back in July was work with our leadership team to create a, a standard, um, a, a, an updated vision statement, an updated mission statement, and core values that would drive everything that we do. So we came up with this. And this is something that is the second page in our clinical handbook that goes out to every team. It's something that we go over and discuss in depth during orientation. And it's what we hold our standard to. It's, you know, the vision and the mission statement are basically variants of the JAG 1 overall, but specific to athletic training. But these values that we have, this is ingrained in everything we do. We talk about safety together. So it's not just creating a safe environment, uh, but also doing it collaboratively with others so that they can also have some accountability um in reducing risk hazards and whatnot. So that's one of our our values. And we see these values as really our um our our how statements. You know, our our mission is our why, but these these how statements, these values, safety together it's how we deliver it. Teamwork and relationship building is at the core of everything that we do. Quality control about dotting your I's and crossing your Ts and making sure that you're not letting details that are important fall through the cracks. We talk about compassion and attentiveness because that is how you truly deliver healthcare that's empathetic and effective um, by being someone who can be there for someone else and being caring, and then also being an educator of others, so being a mentor in whatever role you are, so you're helping those who have those conditions that you're caring for learn about that condition and experience what it's like to recover from it so that when they go through it again, they're better prepared, you know, so, so these values here that's an extension of our why this mission is our why and you know we really it comes with a, a love and a dedication to our craft of athletic training and i know the focus really that you wanted to get into today was really around that the aspect of teamwork and athletic training and uh, that that is absolutely at a core value at a foundation of what we do both in the safety together value as well as the um, teamwork and relationship uh building values and, and that's something that's very exciting to me to make sure that we are communicating that to our team. Our whole entire team sees this on a regular basis. Um, everything we do with goal setting or uh, new initiatives has to be centered around one or more of those values. And that way there's a why behind it, there's a purpose to it. So it's not just, Oh, Ryan's coming up with something new. We got to add to the plate. No, it's now we're doing something because it's going to make a bigger impact down the road, or it's going to make your job easier once it's in place. Or it's going to give you an opportunity to show what you can do for a uh, leadership growth position in the future. It's going to give you a chance to own something that shows what you bring. So there's always a purpose behind everything. And I I always invite my team, if there's ever anything that we do, and they're like, what's the reason for doing this? I should have a clear cut reason. If not, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's, that's how I communicate the why to our team by really delivering what we do and and bringing it always back to our vision, mission, and our core values.
0: I like it. You know, I, I think the the core values is the, the the main piece for me. And we've gone over that at, at my clinic, and I know it's on in every clinic that we have. Right, it's on the wall, mm-hmm. and it's great to have it on the wall. But you know, are, are the people are the people in the room actually looking at it, and not just looking at it, but are they embodying it every single day? Right, are they living by those core values? Because We can say yeah these are our values and this is what we're going to live by but if they're not actually putting those things into practice then you know it's all for naught and i think the hard thing as leaders is to share that but the harder thing for staff is to really embody that and and you know are they really going to buy into that and live that life and lead that life for their clients and for their clientele and you know as we talk more about teamwork um know as someone who's been on many teams and and you coach other teams and uh, i'm sure you probably played on teams in in your past even now i'm not really sure but um you know there's a certain component of togetherness that you mentioned that comes with that um i love i've played on many teams right from soccer to basketball even track and fields and cross country which were individualistic in many ways but still part of a team that same concept of us coming together to do things for the bigger goal It's what I try to instill in my employees at at, at JAG for Georgetown's office. And you're doing that for your ATCs. So when it comes to ATCs, I'm curious now, this team approach, you guys are a part of the bigger picture, right? We have so many components, PT, OT, ATCs, right? We have our, our OMS, our PCCs, and everyone comes together to make JAG One amazing. And this is for any PT clinic as well. But I'm curious how the ATCs Come together to fit into our team approach, because there are so many things happening with ND referrals and people getting injured, and uh, insurance companies and events we're doing in the community, and all those things are under the umbrella of Jag One. But the ATC component is a very special one because, for the most part, you know when people are in the building with us, when they leave and they go back to doing their regular activities, they're going to see somebody like a personal trainer or an athletic trainer if they're doing a certain sport thing. So. You are now an extended arm of, of what we do, and you see people thrive, sometimes even more than we may see them thrive in the clinic. So I'm curious for you, you know, what are some of the things you see uh, when it comes to that team building approach for ATCs in the bigger picture of healthcare, uh, not just for JAG-1, but for healthcare in general? And, and you know, how do we really inspire our ATCs and our other, other professionals, whether it's PT, OT, or whatever, to help the ATCs um, in the greater picture of that teamwork concept as well.
1: If you were to visualize a wheel, the ATs are the hub and you have all the spokes that the ATs have to nurture. Um, because athletic trainers are on the front lines, we see things the moment they happen, or at times the day after they happen, you know. And we have the really the first opportunity to have an impact on that condition right from the start with how we manage it acutely. From there, there's so many different ways that things can go. And what's really important in the world of athletic training is that you proactively build your bridges in your network before you need them. Because there's going to be times where you're going to have to make that referral to a physical therapist because you're in a crowded athletic training room with 20 kids after school in a half hour time block, and you don't have time nor the uh, ability to give someone one-on-one care the way they could get it at a clinic. Maybe that you could do it, um, maybe they have to go to the clinic twice a week and then you see them the other three days a week and you collaborate with that PT on the plan of care for continuity. Maybe it's a situation where you are an evaluation and you suspect a joint disruption, you suspect a ligamentous tear, well, you know what, then you need to, to reach out to that orthopedic surgeon um, or that physician, that sports medicine physician to facilitate the referral, to get a second opinion on that, to confirm it potentially with imaging. Maybe you have to help and um, mediate that relationship between the parent and the imaging location. Uh, that's one way you might have to, to build that relationship. Maybe it's a matter of the tail end of return to activity And you're collaborating with the strength coach who works at that school because they are now in the last stages of their rehab and they need their conditioning to be ramped up um, around modified to their injury. Well, then the athletic trainer needs to work proactively with that strength coach to collaborate on programming that won't put the injury um, healing continuum at risk, but also allows them to return to competition quicker and more safely than they were even when they first started. You know, it could, it could be a collaboration with the school nurses. That is such a crucial component. When you work in a secondary school, you need to be on the same page and build a relationship with the school nurses uh, because that's the one who is there during the day and they see the kids coming in. And then, you know, if they see something that doesn't look right, they have them see you after school. Or if there's a concussion, then it needs to be communicated to that school nurse. So the next day that kid is not going into phys ed, um, as well as uh, with the guidance counselors to make sure that there is a modified education plan put in place temporarily. These are just some examples of the way ATs collaborate. And it could be with any, you list any healthcare specialist, podiatrist, chiropractor, um, dentist, like ATs need to have a network of specialists that they trust and When you are the facilitator of that, it's a great thing to control because then you can really take ownership in that relationship and you can take ownership in that care. Um, One thing that's really important to us is that the AT is involved in all those referrals versus just go where you want to go, let me know how it goes. It's, you know, that's a passive approach to healthcare um, versus if you are like, looking at a situation, all right, uh, we need to get a second opinion on this. Uh, we've been working on it for two weeks. It hasn't gotten better the way I would expect it to. Um, is there a physician that you are partial to that you've worked with in the past? If if so, okay, great. You know what? Let me help help you get connected with them. And I'm going to hand off my notes to them. Or if not, I know this fantastic physician that I can actually shoot a, a quick message to and get you in fast track tomorrow. And we'll get that care you need. And then that physician then gives you the report back or their PA or their athletic trainer that works with them in the office gives the report back to the AT. So everybody's on the same page with what needs to be done. These are just examples of how ATs build those relationships. And at a deeper core, Sean, one thing that I just recently gave a presentation at the Eastern Athletic Trainers Association uh, annual symposium up in Boston. And that talk was centered around gaining influence as an athletic trainer, and one of the core components of gaining influence when you're building your team and building your scope around you is is what I feel servant leadership. It is doing things that can help others. You know what's in it for them. How can I build a relationship to offer someone else to make their life a little easier, to make their job a little easier, to get them one step closer to where they want to be, and help them so that the whole system works better. And I truly believe that if you do that enough, it comes full circle. You know, you don't do it from a sense of, of I do this just because I'm trying to manipulate and get something out of it myself. Mm-hmm. You're doing it to build others up, which ultimately helps us all be more effective. So we really coach our team that when you're building these relationships, you know, you should be reaching out proactively. You should be offering them that you know, when you're talking to a physician, it's not just, Hey, I want to send an athlete to you. It's Hey, it's important that we collaborate for the care of that athlete. And I want to make it as easy as possible for that athlete to come in to be seen by you so you can share your expertise. And then I also want to set up a system so it's easy for you to communicate back so that your plan of care is communicated, not third party through the parent and then to me, but directly to me. So there's no misunderstanding and I can deliver what you expect for that care. So if you really approach things from a servant leadership perspective of, Caring about those bridges and building those bridges and offering how you can help those bridges be more solidified, it really makes a big difference. And I've seen this firsthand in my career with the relationships that I've been really blessed to to have and build um, that I can call on at any time and and just have support. That's the type of thing that that makes a difference. And it truly makes a, a difference in the level of care you provide. And then the patients see that and they think, wow, I'm VIP, this is, mm-hmm. they're doing this all for me, you know, then they feel special and they tell all the people about that. And then, you know what, what does that do for athletic training? Then those coaches, those parents, those athletes are talking about how awesome it was to work with their athletic trainer, which builds our profession, which builds the brand of what we do so that more people understand what we do because it's a confusing name to some people, because some people think that all we do is tape ankles and put ice on things and make sure people are hydrated. That's above the surface. That's not below the iceberg, you know? So, um, when it comes to all that, again, gaining influence, in my opinion, is about doing it in the right way through servant leadership and building your bridges to then nurture those relationships you have to best serve the people that you need to serve.
0: Yeah. I think those are great answers. And I am a big supporter of that because again, it's all about who, you know, when it comes to those things and the more resources you have, yeah. You will make that person feel like a VIP because you're going above and beyond to give them the best care that they can get at that time. So that, that's great. And I'm glad that that team effort, and that team mantra is disseminated throughout our company and other ATC companies around the world. Um, and now I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench in this whole conversation yeah. because, you know, there, there are times when I think like you mentioned briefly is now that the conception or the misconception of ATCs or ATs is that, yes, mm-hmm. Give me some Powerade, give me some Gatorade, tape me up real quick for this. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Ryan, you know, when I was uh, at Brown back in the day doing track and field, and even in high school, um, we had ATs in our in our facilities. And I can't say they were the best ATs. Um, and it might've been the time, they might've been who they were at the time, but I didn't know what ATCs were, right? I didn't know they were a trainer or what have you. So when they were helping us do certain things, there are many times where I was like, oh, I don't know if you know what you're talking about. I didn't think that they knew enough to help me in my situation. And there were many athletes who kind of pushed those ATs off saying, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll wait for whoever else to come in or if the MD is coming in today or the PT is coming in today or whatever else. So I'm curious for you, how do you get around those challenges? Because, again, you've already shared that this profession is a is a a well-rounded well-educated one that is just bigger than what is seen to the, the common eye and when it comes to the expertise and the training you're giving the highest level of those things but sometimes as athletes come in as as cultural norms and social norms have even probably fed into this concept of what atc's do or atc's do how do you combat all those things to reinforce and educate athletes uh and others that what you do is not just more than what they see surface level but it's going to be beneficial for them in the long run and that they should be able to trust everything you're saying for their betterment not for the detriment how do you how do you get around those 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 barriers absolutely well you know first Sean, um i am i'm
1: sorry that that has been your experience in in the past and uh you know i always look at that from a perspective whenever i hear stories like that is what potentially was going on, you know, take that example. A lot of years ago, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, a lot of collegiate athletic trainers are burned out and overworked and underpaid. So that may have shown through at times with, um, a complacency or a frustration, at least on the outward aspect of things. It doesn't mean that they didn't know what they were doing or that they didn't care about it. It just, when we get burned down, when we get, when we get beat down, that sometimes comes out. So, you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful that that was maybe what was going on in that case. You know, because all athletic trainers get the same level of education, and and that expertise was there, and I'm sure they were there truly wanting to help. But that that might have been the the vibe that was going out, maybe just because of their environment or their situation there. You know, um, and we really try to avoid that because it's the the most important part of this is building rapport and trust with the people that we serve, and and that really. When it comes to National Athletic Training Month in March, that's one of the annual initiatives that the the National Athletic Trainers Association, the NATA, really tries to empower all of us ATs to deliver a message to the community about what it is that we do. But I look at it as this is a year-round thing. This is not just this month. Yeah, this month is all it's you know all the PRs out there. We celebrate it, whatnot. But this is going year-round, twelve months a year. So. If you're demonstrating that care, if you're doing the things that we've already talked about today, you're going, you're building bridges between that athlete and other professionals. You yourself are doing the rehab you're qualified to do. Um, the you're you're providing that immediate care that you're qualified to do. And then people experience the after effects of that, they're gonna buy into what we do. And so the the first part, again, it comes back to that own your space. Us as athletic trainers. We should be proud of what we do. We are a representative. I always tell my team this. When you're out there at our partnership sites, you're a representative of yourself as a human. You're a representative of the athletic training profession as a whole. You're a representative of JAG One. And you're a representative of the community that you're serving, whether it be a high school or college or whatever. So you have to keep all of that in mind in terms of your daily interactions to give other people an opportunity to see those things in a positive light. And that really comes from you delivering and delivering these values that we talked about, um, caring about what you do. And you know what, when, when someone is having a conversation with someone who maybe doesn't have athletic training, instead of getting all up in a and having a, a hissy fit about it, like having a conversation with, I'm sorry that that's been your understanding of it. Um, is it okay if I share with you a little bit more clarity because, uh, it is a little different than that. Or, you know, I'm sorry that's been your experience with athletic trainers. Who knows why that that occurs? But this is really what athletic training is. Um, it's just doing the little things, you know. Uh, and again, this is just, you know, no no fault of your own, Sean, too. But like, you know, it, we're known as ATs and the ATC is the credential. So, you know, it's always important that when we speak to to the, the profession, we're always talking about being an AT. Um, that's just little things like that that people don't know unless you you mention it to them. Um, and they don't know, uh, unless you do things like national athletic training month, they don't know it. If you don't put a poster like this up in your office or in your room, or you don't advocate for our profession, advocate for others that you care for. And it's the same way with, I mean, there's also misconceptions about physical therapists. There's misconceptions about chiropractors. There's misconceptions about orthopedic surgeons, you know? So the key is, is that you deliver the way it's meant to be delivered and people will understand it and you take ownership in what you can do to control that narrative and when someone has a different perspective or different opinion or different understanding of it, you respectfully have a conversation about it and help them to to come more to terms with where, where it is um, versus yelling at them or getting all mad about, you know, oh, they said I was this and they said I was that well, you know what, that's because of it's what they were taught, <laughs> you know, or it's because of what other people around them have said, or because of their personal experience. And you can't change that. All you can do is set the new tone for what you do right now. And their their understanding of it moving forward, which then you can change their personal expectations or personal experience, um, the precedent that's there, you can change that by the way you deliver it. And, and that's what I think is going to make a difference in in this world of you know, people understanding what athletic training is and what we do is not just the PR stuff, but it's everyone delivering it and then showing respectfully what we do, and then having conversations with others that demonstrate what we do.
0: Yeah. No. Well said. And you know, it's funny. I I I recognize I was saying that because it's just so commonplace for me to do it's that. Very common. Not, yeah. It's been ingrained in me for years that oh, ATCs. But yeah, it is ATs. Uh-huh. And you know, I, I think it's interesting the. The concept someone called the other day. They called the office saying, "Hey, um, so how much do you guys charge just for someone to kind of give me a massage?" And I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what?" And this this happens yep. often, right? There, uh-huh. there are misconceptions that of what we do: ATs, PTs, OTs. You know, there are a lot of misconceptions, like you said, of people not knowing exactly what we do. If they've never had to really experience uh, mm-hmm. therapy or athletic training you know one-on-one so i think a lot of those things as we continue to showcase what we actually do do uh if you haven't been to a therapist or athletic trainer or whatever else when you do that it's different but if you don't know yes all the things you may see even in media and on tv right all the movies that are out there where people just kind of every picture we see of someone working with the patient is like doing a hamstring stretch or us doing (laughs) a massage which is not really what we ever do you know like those things happen but nine times out of 10, I'm not doing someone's hamstring, I'm doing so many other other things besides that. So education is key. And yeah, I I think I think you're right, the more that we just continue to educate uh, each other even, right, Uh because I don't I don't really really remember as many times as I I can recollect the times that I've interacted with ATs on a one on one basis about patient care. I mean, they've Mm -hmm. been they've been very, very few. um, Because there's so many other people that are in line that that we interact with, after you may see them on the field, right? They may Mm -hmm. go to the MD after they see you and then we get the script from them directly. And then it's me and the MD. And then I may see the ATC in a talk as they're returning back to sport um, or or the school trainer when they're going back to sport. But yeah, those conversations, if we have more of those, I think in general, even like this one, it can help us to understand each other better and to get more of the information that is relevant and accurate, but what we actually do for our clients. So yeah, well said, sir. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. Listen, I know there are a number of things that um, you do outside of the Jag one realm. You're also a podcast host for a show called catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers. Talk to us about what that podcast is about.
1: So, uh, a number of years ago, uh, there was, there's a, a gentleman, his name is Thomas Plummer. He is more in the fitness business side of things. He He's, uh, I consider him a, a friend. We've had many great conversations over the years. He, he inspired me, I think it was 2016 to start blogging because, you know, I had my voice. I wanted to get out there to really advocate for our profession. And, and you know what? I got tired of writing a lot. <laughs> it, t- it took a lot of time to, you know, take what I had in here and put it down make sure, cause I'm very particular about when I've written messages that it comes across in a way that's read well by others versus just the way I'm writing it. Um, and so I, I started with that. Um, and so that, that got going and then I thought, you know what, I, I enjoy talking with people. I enjoy having conversation better. I can flow more organically with that. Um, it's a little more efficient for me to get those things out. So, you know, I, I I was inspired to still, you know, as I was going to like public speaking school with Tom and like um, talking to to him about other things, you know, the, the topic came up of, let's start a podcast. And there's no, you know, at that time there was only a handful of athletic trainers who really were doing a podcast. And most of them across the country were clinical in nature talking about, you know, various injuries and whatnot, which were fantastic. Uh, or they were more on like the comedy side, the day in the life of AT. So I wanted to do something that was more along my niche, you know, with my specialty training and all everything that you mentioned in my bio. To really, my whole goal of starting catalyzing athletic trainers and the catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers, which is separate from Jag One but very congruent, you know, uh, uh, it's supported, uh, which is wonderful. But it's it's really a nation a nationwide brand. It the goal of it is to really help elevate. And, and inspire other athletic trainers to live their best life to have the success that they are capable of. And it's not just clinical skills, but it's life skills and interpersonal skills and career development and transition to practice. And so I started building a, a platform using the network that I had created with a number of people that I have had always lots of great conversations with, but never recorded them. And I started recording them yeah. and you know always with a purpose of every episode had a, had a, had objectives i wanted to get across and had key points and it was some of them were with business people some with fitness professionals some with doctors some with other athletic trainers uh, a variety of 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 episodes and it really got rolling and it was gaining a lot of momentum um you know covid year hit uh, i had uh, i had about 30 episodes published uh, it was rolling and then Uh, COVID year hit, things got crazy. I also became the staffing lead for mega site in New Jersey. Um, Just what happened is, is this was, you know, this is my, my little baby on the side and it wasn't a priority at the time because I needed to take care of my house. I needed to take care of my, my, my job that paid me. I needed to make a bigger impact in some other roles. And so basically from like 2020, 2021, even 2022, it, it dwindled out a little bit. Um, it got more sporadic. Still, some great stuff putting out there, um, but just because of everything else going on in my life over the last couple of years, I've had to really focus on that. But I laid a foundation that you know my plan is this year to to bring it back and to relaunch it better than ever with um, better content, better conversations. Uh, just kind of going to that. That point where athletic um, now that I've seen everything going on in the world of athletic training over the last few years, you know, I want to have conversations around that to help help other ATs across the country. So the catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers is really uh, it's a message. It's a conversation. It's a lesson based on the stories of others or just key takeaway action steps that athletic trainers can listen to and take some action and some purpose from to help maybe make one thing a little better for them in their life or in their job. And uh, I really enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, you can find, if you just search catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers on any of the platforms, It's uh, you can find it. And uh, it, it's just something I've really enjoyed doing. And I look forward to getting back to do more. Uh, most, most recently, the last couple of years, I've been doing some state association recap episodes where for New York, for New Jersey, I go to the state annual state symposium. And then I attend all the sessions and I take meticulous notes and then I have a five minute debrief with each presenter and I splice it into one episode so that Mm -hmm. listeners can get the key takeaways from every presentation that I felt were most impactful. Um, so that's something I I enjoy doing. I'm hoping to do that with more state associations as the future comes as well, doing it again this year with New Jersey and New York and, um, you know, it's just a great thing to to do to advocate for our profession. But really, the target audience of my podcast is athletic trainers specifically. Um, whereas, you know, the, a lot of the other stuff I'm doing with Jag One, the the target is our community and the services we provide and our partnerships, um, and our and our our um, geographic area that that Jag One is reaching.
0: That's great, Ryan. You know, it's it. it, it it's the reason why the conversation here is so seamless for us because we do kind of the same stuff right there's that same drive to really just put our information and to make others better i mean who takes time out of their schedule to go to a symposium and then record everyone who's (laughs) and then put that splice wise into something that everyone else who wasn't there can benefit from that's what a leader does that's what leaders do and they try to make others better uh, whether they want to be better or not, they give them the opportunity and the access to say, look, if you want to do this, you know, here's something you can try. And this whole be more today platform for me, although it came right when COVID actually hit. Because we started this show in February of 2020. Um, but the whole method behind it was just to, again, inspire people to be extraordinary ordinary people doing extraordinary things taking their steps to to be the best person of themselves. And I've asked every person on the show what be more today means to them. Because again, it's something that is such a simple concept. But for everyone it's different, whether you're an AT or a PT or a mom or you know, whatever else your whatever your thing is, right, whatever your focus is, it's different. So Ryan Stevens, I gotta ask you, I gotta ask everybody else on the show, when you hear the phrase be more today, what does that phrase mean to you?
1: It's the very first thing that people see on our team when they see this. Pursue mastery, act with purpose, make an impact. That was what drove me and my team in my last role before I came to Jag1, um, and it's what we what drives us still now and what drives me. It's everything that I'm doing. I'm trying to be just a, a, a momentary level uh, better than I was yesterday. You know, what is a lesson from yesterday? So be more today to me is really owning today, being, being present in what you can control. It's also about planning for tomorrow and making an impact. Um, and you know what, what was it? Uh, was that Drake song, uh, party tonight, you know, own today, Plan for tomorrow. Party tonight. You know, that's my life. That's 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 important to me. You have to enjoy what we do. And that's about being more today. So uh, for me, it's a matter of just pursuing mastery, act for purpose, making an impact so that whether it be my job or my my role as a father, as a friend, as a partner, any of that stuff, just being a little better so that I can help them be a little better.
0: I love it. I love it. Ryan. In closing, what is next for you? You've done so many things. I know the podcast is going to be up and coming again. You're bringing that back. But what's next for you for either this year or in the future for either you at JAG with ATCs or just in general? What's next for you on the docket? For me, I don't know. Um, Things are things are rolling
1: uh' we'll, I think time will tell as, as things go and I hope to be able to make a be in a position where I can make, make a bigger impact in, in the realm of athletic training absolutely but whatever that ends up being as long as I can still do it the way I'm doing it right now and deliver it and just scale it, that's what's going to be exciting to me um personally, I just, you know, want to continue to, to enjoy this life and, and enjoy the people around me and the people in my circle, um, nurture those relationships. And, and that's, you know, next is as I build those relationships, seeing what happens with my kids as they grow and, um, you know, going along for the ride to, to see what that takes us in terms of athletic training as a whole very excited about the future of our profession. We're we're looking forward to finding ways for athletic trainers to be involved in more than just simply the secondary school setting to provide more job opportunities for people where they're using their full skill set. And also to really, you know, those those jobs in the secondary school setting to make them at another level, to to make it so that those those are being delivered at, at a whole nother level never experienced by those partnerships, you know, unparalleled to, to what they've seen before. And that's something that we just do step-by-step. Step. But as long as you're moving in the right direction, you know, you're going to have this, 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 then it's going to go this and this, as long as you keep making your way up that ladder, that's what's crucial. And you deal with the roadblocks when they come, you deal with the curveballs. you pivot, you know, the vision stays the same. The plan may just change and you got to just be, be aware of that. So I don't know what's next, but I look forward
0: to it. And That's it, folks. I love it. Ryan, thank you so much for being a guest on this show. You've made this kickoff for March 1 for the books. Where can people follow you on social media or otherwise?
1: Well, um, professionally, definitely if you just search Ryan Stevens on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Stevens Athletic Trainer, I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn professionally. Um, from a Catalyzing ATS perspective, uh, it's just Catalyzing ATS is the handle on Instagram, on Twitter. There's also a Facebook page as well for Catalyzing Athletic Trainers. So that's how you can connect on, on social. I, I welcome anyone to connect, uh, direct message. If you have questions, if it's something I can help with, or if I can connect you with someone else who can help you, that's how I see my role as being a catalyst.
0: Incredible. I appreciate you so much, Ryan. You've made this show one for the books. A great start to this month for ATs. And I look forward to being in contact with you and working with you more. I mean, I know we're so um insular sometime when it comes to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that we can connect on some community stuff, some leadership stuff. I think the energy that we both share for our professions collectively is overwhelming. And I think that we can do a lot together uh, for the future of our company and even for each other. We're going to be more today in the catalyzing podcast. So let's stay in touch, my friend. Let's make some things happen. It'd be great. I look forward
1: to that, Sean, and uh, happy National Athletic Training Month. And thank you for again the exposure and, and helping us to, to put that vibe out there.
0: No problem. No problem. And folks, don't forget the quote from today forget about willpower. It's time for why power. You've got to want something and know why you want it, or you'll end up giving up too easily. Ryan Stevens said it very straightforward today. His passion for the AT movement is real and for seeing people thrive. And Strive to be Great is his initiative, and he's doing that with his team across three states. Uh, So many partnerships, so many people being touched by his passion for people and their ability to get back to whatever they want to do, right? Get back to the life they want to live. So just continue to follow him. If you haven't checked out the podcast, check out his podcast as well. We got to support the podcast love. And for all things that are BMORTE related, you already know BMORTE.com for my book on Amazon, my swag store, the podcast, which is everywhere, YouTube, and any major podcast platform. Please go on there and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And if you're still looking for healthcare, right, when it comes to anything related to, Rehabilitation, you know, Jaguar PT is your place to be. So visit us, JaguarPT.com, for all those things as well. We are everywhere, and we're sure to be close to where you are. Any more thoughts you want to share with me directly? Dr. Sean at BeMoreToday.com. And until next week, for our next guest for AT Month, I will see you. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. I'm